Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about thyroid hair loss and I'm going to be sharing with you about seven tips or so, maybe a little bit more um, than that, but seven tips that that I think will help you to regrow your hair if you're suffering from hair loss related to your thyroid. And we're gonna get really into, de into detail here because I think it's very important. So to do this, let's get out the whiteboard and we'll talk about it. And before we jump in, if you are, do me a favor, if you're enjoying this sort of content and if this is helpful to you, please subscribe um, and click the notification bell below because it'll be really helpful to me. So let's start here. I have probably what I would describe as the seven most common causes of hair loss among thyroid patients. And I wouldn't say causes necessarily, but, but conditions which lead to hair loss that many patients may not be aware of. And again, this is specific to those who have thyroid conditions, but it could be from any cause. So this applies to those with Hashimoto's. This applies to you if you do not have a thyroid. Um, and this applies to you if you have hypothyroidism or if your thyroid has been destroyed uh, from radioactive iodine. So I just want to preface that. So let's start with number one. The first thing is, and I would put this as probably the most important, and this is something that many of you are going to have to wrestle with here, is your thyroid medication. And I know you're not going to like this, um, because it's a little bit complicated, but but bear with me while we talk about it. So there are three ways that your medication could be contributing to your hair loss. And unless you figure this step out, step out, it's going to be hard to go through these other ones. So start with this one first. That's why I put it at number one. Okay. So the first way that it, the first, um, the first way that your medication can lead to hair loss is from the medication itself. Okay, so again, that's why I said you're not gonna like this, but all thyroid medications, and I'm including all here, this includes natural thyroid medications, this includes T3 only thyroid medications, this includes levothyroxine, synthroid tyrosin, all of them, all of them can result in hair loss independent of what they're doing in your body. So it's just a side effect of the medication. Now I know what you're, you're thinking, that, that makes it a little bit difficult to figure out what's going on, but it really isn't that hard. Okay, and here's why, because if one is causing you hair loss, the chances of the other ones causing your hair loss is very small. So they don't all cause hair loss. I mean, they all can cause hair loss. I know that's confusing. They all can cause hair loss, but even medications within the same class may not cause hair loss for you. So let me explain that real quick. So let's say you're on levothyroxine and you're suffering with hair loss, your dose has been optimized, you think everything else is going well, but you're still suffering from hair loss. In that situation, what you want to do is switch to Synthroid or Tyrosin. So you see, you're switching from uh, different medications, but they're, they're within the same class. So you're switching from T4 to T4, okay? Now this also applies for NDT medications, natural desiccated thyroid, NP thyroid, thi um, and nature thyroid. So if you're having, if you're on armor thyroid, again, your medication is optimized. We have to assume that that's the case. If your medication is optimized and you're still having hair loss, it may be time to just switch from armor thyroid to nature thyroid or to NP thyroid or whatever. You can switch within the same class and just doing that will help many of you. So remember, it's the medication itself that can cause hair loss. This, and by the way, I've had some people when I say this, they freak out and they say, well, what's the point? There's no, there's no treatment, I can't do anything. No, that's not true. It does make it hard, but just switch between medications and that should solve the problem, assuming it's caused by the medication itself. Okay, the second way, and this is another big deal, big deal is low dose. Okay, so this, what I'm trying to say here is that you are on the right medication, but your dose is insufficient. So really what you are is hypothyroid still. And this happens all the time. In fact, I would, I would guess that this is probably a small percentage of you as a total, but this is a very high percentage of you as a total. Okay, so there's a ton of you out there listening to this right now who just are not optimized regardless of the medication you're taking. And you can't blame the medicine, 
You can't blame the Synthroid or the level thyroxine or the armor or whatever it is until your dose has been optimized at the right level. Okay, so having a low dose just puts you in the setting of being hypothyroid. And of course, you know that hypothyroidism, one of the symptoms is hair loss. So you, you can't say that it's the medication until you're on the right dose. Then the third way is that your dose is too high. Okay, so again, this is a smaller percentage of you, but you still need to understand it. So if you're do if you're taking if you're taking your thyroid medication and your dose is too high, you you can be put into um, a hyperthyroid state. And one of the symptoms of hyperthyroidism is hair loss as well. So you see how this can get a little bit confusing. One of the symptoms of hypothyroidism is hair loss. One of the symptoms of hyperthyroidism is hair loss. And then of course, all the medications themselves can cause hair loss as well. So I, I know that sounds a little bit confusing, but once you understand each of these things, you really can start to figure out. And I would say when I help patients figure out what's causing their hair loss, especially thyroid patients, I would say probably, uh, I don't know, maybe 60% of the time, it's up in here somewhere. So it's either they're on the wrong type of medication or their dose is too low or their dose is too high. Rarely is the dose too high unless you're medicating yourself. Um, there are some patients out there who will self-medicate on NDT and I think they tend to go a little bit too high. Um, some doctors do that as well. If you're on something like four or five grains, probably a little too much for your body. Um, I mean, you, there are people who need that, but that's a pretty high dose. Um, so anyway, thyroid medication, probably number one. Number two, in terms of importance as well here, is iron slash ferritin. So we talked about thyroid medication, we're moving on to number two, which is iron slash ferritin. Now, what are these things? So, so just a real quick preface, iron, you obviously know um, what iron is. Ferritin is the measure of iron in your body. It's a measure of the iron stores. Now, what's important about ferritin is that ferritin it helps your hair grow in two separate ways. So the first way is independent of, of your thyroid. It's just by itself, your body needs ferritin. It needs this nutrient. It needs it for hair growth. Your hair follicles use it, and that allows your hair to grow. If your ferritin is too low, Again, independent of anything else, your hair is not gonna grow. Now, this is a problem for a lot of people, okay? A ton of people, especially those with thyroid problems. We'll get into that into just a second here. But ferritin is um, is low in a lot of women because of their menstrual cycle. Remember, if, you, if you're losing iron through blood, bleeding of any type, your iron is gonna go down and that will be reflected in your ferritin. That ferritin will go down. So this is the reason why a lot of women who use um, multivitamins that have iron inside of it, especially prenatals, because prenatals tend to have iron in it, they'll be like, oh my gosh, my hair is growing like crazy. It must be this, this multivitamin, this prenatal. It's not the prenatal, it's the iron in. You, you were, it's the iron inside of it. You were just low and you probably didn't know it. Okay, so that's why. Ferritin's huge. I would say, statistically speaking, probably 50% of thyroid patients have low ferritin slash low iron. And the reason for that is the way that your thyroid um, interacts with iron and it affects iron absorption. So having being in a hypothyroid state, especially if you have a low dose, right? Remember I said, if your dose is too low, which many of you have, then that means your body's going to eliminate a lot of that iron instead of reabsorbing it. That'll drop your ferritin and then you'll have hair loss. So you could have ferritin, you could have hair loss because your dose is too low and which causes low iron slash ferritin. And then another reason is that ferritin itself is required for your thyroid to function. So in order for it to function properly at the cellular level, you do need ferritin slash iron. So you need both of these things. Now the level I want you to aim for, and by the way, I've mentioned these tests before, and I have another video which talks about all of the lab tests that thyroid patients should be getting. And of course I included this in here because not only does it impact your hair, which is important aesthetically to many of you, but it also impacts your thyroid function. Very, very, very important. So what you want to look for, it, uh, the, the range for iron is usually something like 10 to 150. It's a huge range. And many of you listening to this are going to be less than 30. 
Okay, you're just going to fit in here somewhere in this less than 30 range. So technically, you might be normal, although I have seen a ton of people who are at like a, the 10 to 11 range. So it's like the very bottom of the range that you can possibly be. That's where many of you are living. And and the, there have been several, several studies that show you need at least a ferritin level of 30, but preferably a ferritin level of 50 to 70 nanograms per milliliter. Just check your labs. 50 to 70 nanograms per milliliter for that hair to grow back. So that's the optimal range you should be looking for. Avoid, don't just look at this, this reference range, which is 10 to sometimes 150. I mean, it might be nine to 149 or something, but this is generally the range that you're looking for, but you want it to be within this range here. Okay. So very important to check that out. Number three. So we got number one, we got number two, we're on number three here. This one is um, related to excessive use of certain supplements. And so the two that I'm highlighting here are selenium and biotin. So yes, low selenium and low biotin can lead to hair loss, but most of you already know that selenium and biotin can be used to grow your hair back. Now, what I see happen more frequently than having low selenium contribute to hair loss is high selenium and high biotin contribute to hair loss. So let me tell you what I mean. So imagine you're somebody listening to this. Um, you've read somewhere, you've heard something that selenium and biotin are important for hair growth. So you're like, well, I'll try that. And so you might have might have read somewhere that you need a, a relatively high dose. So you're using that dose, you've been using it for six months or, or, or longer, or maybe even three months is enough here. But the point is using these uh, certain nutrients in high levels can actually contribute to hair loss. So even though you may be using them because your hair is falling or falling out, using them in too, too high of a dose can result in hair loss as well. So you gotta be really careful. I've included this here because it's, it's a kind of a slick point that a lot of people miss. Um, and you might be thinking, okay, well, I optimized my medication, my iron is good, but you're still taking, you know, 400 micrograms of selenium per day. That might be too much. That might be part of the reason that your hair isn't growing back. So remember that. This is why I tend to recommend moderate doses of both selenium and biotin, especially for those people who have um, hair loss, thyroid patients, that is, because of this, this uh, how they contribute to hair loss in high doses. So number four would be low zinc and B12. Now these are a little bit different. So I talked about the nutrients. So really number two, number three, number four are all nutrient related, right? We're talking about iron ferritin. We're talking about selenium biotin. We're talking about zinc and B12. Now zinc and B12, I would say most people tend to be low on them. Now taking high doses of these don't really contribute to hair loss. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, but if you are somebody listening to this and you've been taking zinc for a long time or been taking B12 for a long time, it's probably not contributing to your hair loss. Um, but if you're listening to this for the first time and you're like, oh, zinc, I've never heard of that or B12, I don't know. You know, maybe using the wrong type of B12. Check my other video if you want more information on B12 deficiency symptoms. Um, but maybe you're, you're thinking, well, I don't know if my B12 is, is optimized or my zinc is optimized. It's probably worth taking either of these supplements because just taking them even in higher doses won't contribute to hair loss, um, but it might contribute to hair growth. And I see these zinc and B12, many people listening to this are gonna be deficient, especially thyroid patients. So low zinc, low B12. Number five, we're on to testosterone slash androgens. So many women listening to this, especially if you have thyroid problems, are going to have um, a disrupted testosterone in some way or androgens in some way. Now, the, what I want you to pay attention to here is androgens which are too high. And so typically that you can find this on your lab test by checking a free testosterone or a DHEA. So these things, if they're too high in a woman, will, will cause something called male pattern baldness. 
Okay, and so that's where the, your hairline starts to recede. Um, you might grow thicker, darker hairs on facial hair, um, your, and in other places on your body, which you shouldn't have as a female. And so you have to pay attention to your testosterone and your androgens. If you do check these things and you find that they're high, you can take certain, certain supplements, zinc being one of them, by the way, which can help drive down your androgens and help remove that, that, um, that hair loss, which may be contributing and affecting your thyroid. Now, another important point is your thyroid does affect your testosterone, which is why this is really important. So testosterone in general is important if you have hair loss from any cause, but especially if you have thyroid issues, you'll find that your thyroid does affect your testosterone. Usually that's causing a testosterone, which is too low, but if you fall in that PCOS like spectrum, then that testosterone level and that androgen level may be too high. So pay attention to those. Again, I talk about check, checking ferritin and testosterone. Those are part of my standard uh, additional lab tests that all thyroid patients should get, should get. I have a video on it and this is why. This helps really just explain what's going on in your body. Okay, number six, that was number five. We're on number six, the E2 slash P. So what this stands for is estradiol or estrogen progesterone balance. So yeah, you can still see that, good. So this is referring to your estrogen and your progesterone ratio. And so again, this, for the same reason that your thyroid impacts your testosterone and that causes hair loss, your thyroid impacts your estrogen and progesterone balance and that can also contribute to hair loss. By the way, this is also the reason that women when they hit menopause, they also tend to experience hair loss. It's because it's that drop in estrogen, but estrogen, um, is, is equal in the sense that high estrogen and low estrogen can both contribute to hair loss in women. So you want to be paying attention to your estrogen progesterone ratio. If you do find that it's low, many of you will find that your progesterone is very low and probably estrogen is high. That's called, that's, that refers to a state called estrogen dominance. And in that case, you, you'll probably have to do things to try and drive that progesterone up. Again, that's a topic for another video, but do check your estrogen to progesterone balance. And then the last one is autoimmunity. Okay. So I mentioned before that many patients with hypothyroidism have the thyroid have their thyroid issue, which is caused by an autoimmune disease known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I know many of you probably know that, but for those who don't, just be aware that approximately 80 to 90% of people with thyroid conditions have this autoimmune disease. Now, what I want you to know is that if you have one autoimmune disease, you're much more likely to develop another, okay? So, and one of the autoimmune diseases which causes or contributes to hair loss is called alopecia. And that's an autoimmune disease where your own body attacks the hair follicles and it causes your hair to fall out, okay? Now, what you'll find is that a lot of people with Hashimoto's also have alopecia. So it doesn't matter what all, everything that's going on up here, doesn't matter because if your if your hair loss is due to this alopecia which is an autoimmune condition your problem is none of this stuff your problem is your immune system so you have to remember this treating your immune system you know optimizing your vitamin d taking things like zinc that could help as well um, and then reducing inflammatory foods and so on that will help reduce immune function which can then help you treat your alopecia which will then help you with your hair loss and then i can include eight here which is genetics so that was number seven we can talk about genetics a little bit um, i don't like to because genetics is sort of the last thing that i think about when i'm trying to help somebody with thyroid hair loss because there are just so many other things that you can do we talked about seven really important things yes it might come down to the point where that's just your genetics and there's very little that we can do about it but there's so many other things that you can do and you can think about if you're struggling with hair loss, go ahead and leave a comment below. Tell me about it. Just say I am or yes or hair loss or something like that um, because that helps me to know how many people I'm talking to and how many problems that they have. And also, if you do suffer from hair loss and you've been able to fix it, please do share what worked for you because you'll find that this is sort of a systematic approach, but it's not going to be the perfect approach for every single person. And like I said, I'm not even including everything on here because there's just so many things. So that's pretty much all I have for you today. Um, leave your questions or comments below and I'll make sure I get back to them. And otherwise I'll see you guys in the next one.